everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-blown LS-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm Derek. I'm Mike, and you're listening to episode 172. How many T's are in that? 17. Nice. 7T. <laughs> 7T. That's what I was going two. for. Sorry. <laughs> We're off to a great start. As always. Oh, man. How do, how do I turn you up a little bit? I should have done this before you the thing started. Do I do something started. on my damn, on like, my damn headset? You got the little knob on your thing. thing, and then there's one on the back of your headset. Oh, I did it. Hey, there you go. Hey, you're a little bit louder now. That's nice. all I needed. Nice. I need to turn you up, too, actually, now that you mention it. <clears throat> a little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. A little Just bit louder now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now we're off to a great start. This is good. We got some. You know, it's a great start when we don't even know how to start the podcast. We don't. We don't know what we're talking about today. Nope. (laughs) There's so little going on. How do we know what to say? I can talk about annoying car designs. Man, I could talk about annoying car designs more than you. I have to work on cars all day. What about you? You're right. I, I am just trying to change the EG. Well, okay. So my car... My Mazda Speed 3 through an EGR code went online. People were like, just clean the EGR valve. And I was like, okay, cool. Because they're like 280 bucks for a new EGR valve. And I was like, screw that. I don't want to do that. And I live in California, so I can't just delete it. Um, right. And so uh, I pulled out the EGR valve. You got to pull out the battery box and the intake tube and all this crap. Um, pulled it out, cleaned it. It was very dirty. Um, soaked it in brake clean for like overnight. Cleaned it out the next morning. Spick and span. Put it back together uh, after driving all around the bay trying to find the gasket for it. And drive around like no code for like three days and then Great. code. And I was like, are you fucking oh. kidding me? Son of a bitch. So I cleared the code. Like, I wonder how long this will last if I just clear it. It came back like immediately. I was like, son of a gun. So um, I went and did some more digging. Apparently there's like a tube that connects the intake manifold to the EGR valve that can also get sooted up. Definitely. Um, and then that like it, the code is like low EGR flow or low gas flow or something like that or yeah, out, of, yeah. out of spec or whatever. Um, and so I spent like an hour and some change pulling that out last night and it's soaking and brake clean right now. And I might try and I'm not going to be able to put it back together after this podcast tomorrow, but I'll do it tomorrow. So, but yeah, I'm just annoyed because it's like under all of the things and like my arms all cut up and yeah. I get it. The only car we really have that's like that is the like third generation Prius. The EGRs get super clogged. They clog the intake manifold and like you can sometimes clean it, but it's better to just replace it. And then, you know, it's just going to happen again. Oh, hey, look who it is. Hey, guys. Hey, we have a surprise guest. Really? Out of nowhere. That was like right at the beginning of the podcast, too. Yeah, like we, we didn't even have to announce it. Chris just appeared out of nowhere. We haven't even said what beers we're drinking yet. We have done nothing except for bullshit about EGR. <laughs> Here, I thought I was going to be late. Uh, barely. So I had a no. bunch of stuff to try to get done tonight. So did you get it done? I did. Nice. Excellent. You're like, you're like. Two minutes, maybe, from being in the intro. Okay. So surprise. We could just start over. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I kind of like fine. this. I kind of like this. And just look at this guy. 
He must have Microsoft Teams. You know why? I'll bet it's because he has his own podcast. <laughs> hey! Actually, I... I have Microsoft Teams for all the volunteer snowmobile stuff I do. We use it when we're talking to different government agencies and that. I see. We haven't had any guests on our podcast yet, so. But aren't there like 14 of you, so you don't need any guests? (laughs) There's five of us. That's that's a lot for a podcast. It's not all five of you at once, is it? uh, This, the one we just recorded that came out today was five of us. There's actually six fellas. All total, but the one guy, it's kind of hard to schedule in. You only have five mics. <laughs> I actually only have four mics so right now. Ah. I got a, I got a fifth one on its way, but we did. Uh, we you did, recorded. You did do up style with some people. Yeah, yeah two of the guys had do up style. <laughs> there's, there's three of us. There's Chad, or excuse me, there's Court and Guyer and I are kind of the three that are always on, and then the Chad and Brad just kind of filter in and out as they. As they have time. I got to so. I got to admit, I need to spend some time and start catching up on podcasts. Yours being one of them, because I am, I have not listened to it yet. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. The, the one that just dropped today was probably one of our more exciting ones. All right. I'll listen to today's then and nothing else. No, no, you can I listen to the other ones. That's, they're, they're all got good stuff <laughs> in them, but there's some, there's, we're building a, courts building a house and. We're helping him do the framing, and there was some nail gun incidents this past week, and I oh. wasn't there for them. Oh shit! But uh, the other two of the other guys uh, found the business end of nail guns. So. Jeez, that's no fun. <laughs> that sounds was, like an entertaining podcast, but also, how dare you start a podcast? Hey, it was inspired <laughs> by this one. So hmm. you think just anyone can start a podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> You know, it's Sorry. there's some background stuff that I I talked with Steve several times, and every time I'd ask a question, he's like, "Just start, just start recording." And I I drug my feet, drug my feet, and finally one day this box showed up at at home, and I asked Andrea, my wife, I said, "Hey, what is this?" And she goes, "It's your podcast stuff. Get going." Nice. So, Seriously, she just ordered it all for you. Didn't even ask. No, but she's got, she started a social media business doing social media for people. Like they're kind of coordinating their, their Facebook and Instagram posts and that she actually does it for complete off road now. Hmm. And nice. uh, so she's like, well, I'm going to take some of my profits and get you, get you going on something. You guys keep, we've talked about it for six months, you know, working in the shop and there's three, four nights a week where at least three of us are together working on something. So but tonight I had to, to move my square body. That was actually my daughter's truck that went through the the fire. I've got the chassis in the box. I bought a different cab. It's it's a million pieces, but it it was taking up too much room in the shop. I needed their space, so I had to con my dad in to let me park it out at his place for a while. The box survived. It did. Oh, um, I'm surprised. That truck was the last thing the fire got to, and it had water and foam on it the whole time. It still ruined the cab. It melted everything in the cab, so I junked the cab, bought another cab for it, and kept the box. It's a step side box, so I'm kind of partial to those. So we're gonna yeah. eventually rebuild it. They're pretty rare too, aren't they? Uh, you know, I always thought they were, and then it seems like 
when you think something's rare, but you're looking for them, they pop up everywhere. Oh, so I guess so. I mean, not for the time they weren't, but like, yeah, trying to find a clean one now. Sure. Trying to find a rush free clean one. Yeah. That's hard. Well, that's any box for any of those that's, vehicles. Yeah, trying to find a <laughs> right. 99 to 02 box. Now, granted, yeah, the step right. sides were fiberglass then, weren't they? Yeah. No, they're all, well, the 99 the square bodies were, were metal. Yeah, the 9902s were fiberglass. Yeah. Yeah. But they were also with, hideous. Yeah, they were hideous yeah, in 9902. The <laughs> problem with the a lot of the the older square body step sides is they were wood floor. So Ooh. they'd rot out and then, you know, wet wood on top of metal, just everything went to you can actually yeah. buy all the pieces to build one, but it's kind of insanely expensive. Yeah. They did so. one on um Hot Rod Garage, I think, because I think they, they were like, it's cheaper to just find a well, long bed and shorten it with yep. with new bedsides. You don't even need like a rust-free one because you're going to buy yeah. new bedsides for it. And then if you get the, those because the front and the back are the same. Exactly. So then it's just hang the new sides on them. Cut the middle, nice. cut the floor basically to length and then bing, bang, boom, bunch of spot welds and you're done. And then paint it. Right. Which is the hard part for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the paint's always the hard part. It's like, I've got a, yeah. I've got a buddy that does does uh, rebuilders, um, an auto body, and once in a great while I can get kind of into painting something for me. He painted the the fenders for my 05 this fall this winter. I sweet talked him enough to spray them. I said you don't have to hang them, just just spray them for me and drop them off. And occasionally I get it, but he doesn't even do. Mo- for his rebuilders, he had a lot of times has another body shop paint them. He says, Boy, your 05 is still pretty rusty though, isn't it? Or did you get the rest of it done? No, the, the, the rockers are gone. The cab corners are gone. You had it's new a, fenders put on it and you still need rockers and cab corners. Come on now. I know it. It's I've got those bushwhacker plastic covers. So it, it looks okay under there. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's terrible under there. That's how mine is. There's giant. I actually cut the rust out and just left the holes, hoping that it would just drain and dry out faster. And it probably helped a little, but then just oh. slapped fender flares on top of it. I've had guys, uh, body shops tell me that like the, the backside structure, a lot of times they won't put them back in when they put the outside, yeah. the one you see on, then it lets it drain out. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't hold the, the moisture in there. Yeah. That's I'm, absolutely uh, true. When I had the rockers replaced on my O3 Duramax, my body guy was like, I left the backside out. He's like, cause then it'll just drain. Nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that like, if you put like a really heavy slide in camper or maybe not even a sliding, what sits on the bedsides right there? Not at the stake hole pockets. Uh, I don't know. Something. It would be a little less strong, but like whatever. Right. Meh. Meh. Worth it. Most of the- most of the times, the trucks that want to look good aren't doing a lot of heavy work. That's anyways. also true. Yeah, <laughs> pick your poison. I just I fix mine with a flatbed, and it's a lot handier. So fair enough. Flatbed does eliminate a whole lot of bedside rust. It does, and it adds adds rigidity to the frames. So there you go. And it was probably cheaper. Having bedsides put on a truck is fucking expensive. I was sure when the 08 had bedside rust, I was like, oh, I can just find a rust-free bed. My body guy's like, yeah, except for it's only rust-free for like a year or two. And mm. then the rest that's under there finds it through. So they put new bedsides on it. And it was thousands of dollars, which is probably more than just building a flatbed. Right. Or buying a flatbed, maybe. Or buying a flatbed. Yeah, you can yeah, buy a prefab, right? Yeah. You can buy a prefab one. Yeah. Probably 
three three to five, roughly. Okay, but. so I'm gonna interrupt because I'm thirsty and I'm gonna do this. Oh shit, I don't have any fingernails. Oh, shit. That looks like a triptych beer. It is a triptych beer. It is a triptych beer. Ready? Ah, nice. <laughs> I wish I could be like Derek and wait until the podcast started to start drinking. My beer's been long. I gotta open. get the I gotta get the pop sound, man. No, it's good. I <laughs> yeah. love it. So I'm drinking. I didn't even grab one. I just Chris, I what are you doing? Go here. get one right Chris, now. Go go right now. Oh, hold on a second. I'll go grab one. I'll be right <laughs> back. There we'll you see go. In a minute. Well, while he's doing that, I will tell the people what I'm drinking. It is a triptych beer, as Mike pointed out. And it's in a triptych koozie. And it's in a tall triptych koozie, which is even better. <gasps> oh, I see what it is. I'm already excited. I love that beer. It's called, not Giants, but Windmills. It's a double oh. India pale ale, which for those that know me and listen to the podcast would be surprised that I would like it. But it's made with milk, sugar, tangerine puree, and vanilla beans. So it's not as hoppy. That is a milkshake IPA if I've ever heard of a milkshake yeah. IPA. And it's a double, so it pretty much checks all my boxes. It's very good. Um, and we're going to see if it's any good still. Oh, God, I hope so. Oh, if it it's is. not, I'll be so Oh, sorry. it is. But it you is, know what would make it but better, But I brought though? this after you gave it to me, so this is about a year old. Fuck. If you poured that in a glass, it'd be even better. That's just my opinion. I personally think triptych beer always tastes better in a pint glass. I'll be right back. Tell them what you're drinking. Oh, shit. I can't tell you what I'm drinking. Oh, my God. Now I'm the only one here and I have to tell you what I'm drinking. You guys are going to be so sad. All right. So earlier I was drinking a Three Floyds. Hmm, what was it? Barbarian something? No, that's not it. I was drinking a Three Floyds barrel aged barley wine and I cannot remember what it was called, but it was incredibly delicious. It was pretty expensive, but whatever the case, um, super good. That's what I started my night off with. Then I think I drank a Bell's Hazy Hearted Ale. It's whatever Bell's Hazy is. And that was my second beer of the night. And then I decided, hey, I'm starting to feel it. And I'm about to podcast. So now I'm drinking a, <laughs> you guessed it, Miller Lite. Nice. Um, Miller Lite, what do I know about this beer? It's a, I don't know, lager, Pilsner, Pilsner. whatever bullshit beer. Oh, it's a Pilsner. Thank you, Derek. Ooh, that is and hazy. A, Look at that. That's so hazy. Oh, I love oh, yeah. some chunks in it. Sediment City over there. And Derek's not Giants, but Windmills. God, I love that beer. I'm so jealous of Derek right now because the beer he's drinking is one of my very favorite triptych beers of all time. This is 100% my favorite IPA. Anything with India Pale in it is... Nothing has compared. And I'm in California. That that beer is incredible. I went to the fridge here in the house and all there was was a Miller Lite that I don't know the... (laughs) how long it's been sitting in there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's bad. Miller Lite. It's never good. So, they should true, be warm. I, I ran to the the shop fridge, you know, out out the fridge next to the all our podcast studio, and I found, I remember I grabbed these the other, they're Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola pre-made. Whoa. Oh, how about so, that? kind of neat. Super convenient. We're going to try one of them. That'd be perfect for camping when you don't want to, like, bring all the ingredients and, the like, glass. have to, like, pour it. Or... Or wheeling, you know, when you get around, you know, afterwards at the campfire. They should have yeah, put the Coke logo on top. They should have put the Coke logo on top so that when you pull your koozie down to show them what it is, you're like, it's just Coke. Cool. Oh, just Coca Cola, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure Jack Daniels nope. didn't want that. Not bad. Like, our name first. Does it taste exactly like a Jack and Coke? A little weaker than I mix them, but. I was just going to ask that. Is it stronger <laughs> or weaker bad. than you make it? We- weaker than I normally mix them, but. 
Because Overall, they measured good. it out. They put an ounce and a half of Jack in that can of Coke. It said, I, saw, <laughs> I could read it from here. It said 7% on the can, so. So, yeah, that's about beer. No, it's just old number seven. Oh, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I don't even see if it says on here. It's got to, right? Isn't that the law? Uh, only, they, trademark. They're only required by the it case. Doesn't. Do it. So, like, by the 12 or the 24. You're right. Eric, you're right. Right down there at the bottom, it says 7%. Oh, see, I'm not crazy. Hey, look I'm at that. Crazy. He did see it. Or maybe he didn't. But either way. I definitely saw we'll it. We'll give him credit for it. I'll take credit Perfect. for it. If you, even if you don't give it, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> so what else has been new with you guys? Uh, well, um, I'm going off-roading. The first, I guess I would say, real off-road trip since I've been in California. Um, I yeah. don't count pismo because it was dunes and my truck isn't built for dunes <laughs> and i don't count johnson valley although i did go up chocolate thunder so i should i guess count that but you can count that yeah and i did the rock garden at the beginning of jackhammer and then we got held, held up by a traffic jam so but this one's that king of hammers was like to go see what king of hammers is about and i added on a day to like try out some stuff this is like i'm just going off-roading um and uh, yeah, to Hollister. So we'll see how that goes. But I'll be meeting up with Jason from Wheel and Wine and Whiskey on Friday. Um, we're gonna run a trail. He doesn't. He's not gonna have any of his rigs there because he's he's there actually on Saturday running a, a off roading clinic for Esprit de Four, their off road club. Um, but we'll run some trails with some of the guys that are there. Um, and then I'll be going off roading with some coworkers on Saturday, and it's gonna be a mixed bag from like apparently. Uh, one of the coworkers is bringing a lifted BMW 328i wagon. <laughs> so that'll That's be fun. Cool. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever it can do in like the main like screw around area and then ride with somebody. I was like, yeah, that'll be fun. I can't wait to see what happens. And then... Um, Get a video. What's that? Get a video? Get for video. Sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah, just saying. Uh, a couple forerunners. You always got to get video. Yeah, I'll definitely get video. A couple forerunners, um, a Bronco Sasquatch and a Bronco Raptor. And, I don't know what any of those last two things are. Uh, I don't know. Sasquatch is like the Badlands Rubicon version, version of yeah, a Bronco. It's got the big tires and lockers front and rear and all that jazz. You're saying Ford makes it that way? Yes. Okay, and what's the other one? Bronco Raptor? Yeah. But more steroids. <laughs> so it's Raptor like a long travel a suspension like Bronco? It's like wide track, long travel or mid travel, I guess. Uh bigger engine or tuned hot shot tuned engine, I think, too. Yeah. Um, so it got the coyote in it. No, it doesn't have the coyote in it. I think okay. it's still a two seven. Is it the two seven or three oh? Uh, let's find out. I don't want to speak would... ill. It's got a five liter V eight. If it doesn't have a five liter V8, I, then I'm not. I don't think they're V8. I don't think they're doing the V8 in any of the Broncos yet. Ooh. They're not doing the V8 in the the F the F150 Raptor either. That's you can't true. get a V8 in anything anymore. It's sad. I okay, was, okay, you're right, Chris. It has a three liter. It's 418 horsepower twin turbo V6. It makes 440 foot pounds. The only reason I was remembering that is because I was just listening to, uh, what is. I don't remember what the show is. Uh, it's Adam Carolla's car cast. Mm. Um, Adam Carolla's on it sometimes, but Goldberg's been on there. And then they've got a couple other guys and they were talking about the Ranger Raptor 
will be available 2024 in, in the U.S. It's been in Europe for like five years. What? How have we yeah. never heard about it? I've never I hadn't, heard about it. Yeah, I'd never heard about it, but they were talking. It's with the new redesign, they decided to finally let it release it in the U.S. Uh, I think 400. 400 horse, 450 foot pounds of torque. I think it's because the Ranger, before the Bronco came out, the Ranger was a different like design. And then there's now a year of lay of, of transition. And now that the Bronco is out, Bronco is out. The re- the Ranger is basically Bronco under skins, right? right. Just like an S10 blazer and an S10 pickup are yep. so similar. This is Not basically sure. the same thing. So it has the same drivetrain. I don't know why I said it like that. Same drivetrain. Um, the train, and, and uh, you know, suspension is basically the same, just in different spots on the frame. The other thing I could believe is they said like the Lariat package with the tow package on it is like seventy five hundred pound tow tow capacity on it. On the Ranger, in a Ranger, yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, they're basically, you know, half tons from the nineties, right, or two thousands <laughs> yeah. actually. Right? But the the Bronco Raptor or the Bronco at least I don't know about the Bronco Raptor is only like three thousand or something like that. I yeah. think it has to do with wheelbase because otherwise Good. it's the same as the Ranger. For the longest time, whenever I saw a Canyon or a Colorado, I it was mostly the the Canyon. I always thought it was the GMC Sierra. Like I kept seeing them like stoplights. I was like, oh, is that a C? Oh no, it's it's not. Well, they're basically the size of one. Pretty much they're the size of an old one, they're and like, the towing capacity on the Duramax. Sierra, or I'm sorry, Canyons was like 7,700 pounds, which was only 300 pounds less than a three quarter ton diesel, like 2000 Sierra. And I don't, I don't understand how they figure that out because I guess to me, maybe I'm old, I, I'm old school in the fact that if you're pulling a car trailer with a truck on it or a crawler like we've got, yeah, a three quarter ton truck's what you need. <laughs> But what's what what's different about it than like you they've got bigger brakes, they've got bigger axles, they've and got bigger transmissions. Yeah. It's basically like a two thirds ton. It's not even a half ton anymore. Like the the Ranger and the right. Colorado are just like beasts. Like their their transmissions are probably beefier than the transmission that came in my truck, the four L sixty. It's garbage. Uh, yep. So I've got one of those too, I know. <laughs> hey, excuse you. My 2008 Sierra with its 4L60E has a higher towing capacity rating than my old 99 old Clackety 6.5 diesel three quarter ton. With a 4L80 in it. With the 4L80, exactly. Higher towing rating. And I tow around my rock crawler just fine. Excuse you, three quarter ton boys. I have nothing to say. Just saying. My 4L60's in my Scout, so... (laughs) And everybody's like, oh, you can't run that. That's it's I've beat on it. It'll be it's, fine. It's been fine. Wait, it'll be fine until the sun shell explodes pretty much. And then I'll put something <laughs> different in it. There you go. Now my, you know, my three quarter truck, it's, it's got the eight one with the Allison in it. So it's yeah. tugboat, tugboat motor with a <laughs> uh, medium duty truck transmission in it. I don't worry about it for any of that, but you'll be fine. It worked great this weekend when I hauled the scout. So, so what'd you do this what weekend? Did you go wheeling? Oh. Uh, I oh. went over to the local club, Tri-State Stump Jumpers. Had a run, the first official run of the year. Um, brand new property, just northeast of Dubuque, and 
there's barely scratched the surface of that property. There's a lot of potential there. Nice. Uh, I didn't get to do the whole day. I uh, got there, ran the first creek line. We had 24 rigs show up. Wow. And, and we're talking everything from full built rigs like my scout to, you know, stock JK Rubicons. Whoa. And, and being new trail, never been, there was a couple guys, board members of the club that had gone the, the previous Saturday to just kind of drive around with the landowner, look at a few spots, know where we could and couldn't go and had established kind of a baseline of trails. And then it was kind of like, Hey, if you see something, try it, we can be in this area. And we did the first crick line. Uh, one of the guys that I know from the shop, he was having some transfer case troubles and we messed around with his transfer case, probably half hour, 45 minutes. It was stuck between low and neutral. Hmm. You could still roll, you could roll it back and forth, but you, we couldn't get it to lock in and it wouldn't go back to high. So we ended up, somebody pulled him back out. Uh, it was, we had a bunch of rain on Thursday and Friday, so it was kind of muddy. Uh, I posted a couple of videos of the scout just flat footing and first through some, some of the mud just to get through it. I was like, I don't want to get stuck in this. I don't have to get out. I ended up having <laughs> to get out and, and went myself one time backwards to, there was like a six inch tree laying in this, in this mud hole. And I like to hang out at the back. So you get 23 other vehicles ahead of you. Things are already tore up, but it gives me, gives a little more challenge too. Got through that, kind of got everybody. We had three vehicles that had some issues, get them situated back to the trailers, whatever. Went to the next kind of ravine creek line and actually picked up the guy that used to used to do my job at Complete Off-Road. He was there, and he had busted his ring and pinion in his JK. So he jumped in with me, and we started down the next, and there was just some horrendous banging coming from under. I thought it was like the floor of the scout sounded like it was flexing hmm. and i'm like why is it this is all solid mounted it's what's it so i stopped crawled under it and the first sign of something wasn't right was the red fluid running off the transfer case skid Ooh. and i kind of looked up in there further and there was about a quarter inch gap between the transfer case and the transmission so i'm like okay i'm gonna live and i was still able to move till i stopped but when i stopped the transfer case slid back enough. It was it. Uh, it left the chat. And oh man! It, it was gently cradled by the skid plate, so it didn't fall out. At least like that's Steve's. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. or Ian's. Well, Ian's didn't fall out either. His so, basically his he had the the basically same same story as you, Chris. When Ian's became multiple pieces, <laughs> it was it was he was in like a mud hole, beaten on it. This is this is when it was still S10 pickup, I believe, not. Truggy. When it was really tall, like a mud truck? Yeah, it was a mud truck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big dumb mud truck. Big dumb mud truck, doing mud truck stuff, and totally gishnorts the transfer case into a million pieces. <laughs> so, or no, actually, I'm wrong. It was the trail, tail housing of the transmission. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what bit yeah, the dust? I, I can't think remember. So. I think so. Because he went turbo 400 after that, if I remember right. What was it before that? I think for a did it have a six liter? It was probably four six. It, it was a four eight, right? It was a four eight. I think he had a four L sixty. I don't remember. I have to ask I'm him. Gonna be 
Somebody that listens but, to the podcast probably remembers, but I sure don't. No, that was before. That's before I knew him, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was before the podcast, I believe, too, because he yeah. was mid dime piece building when the podcast started. So yeah, I could probably... so, yeah. So actually, actually, a fellow TLP listener, uh, Broflow, if he's on the the chat group and that, he was right behind me with his. He's got a really well built full-size blazer it's the black one with the green cage he posts pictures up quite a bit of he was right behind me so he drug me out of the creek and turned around drug me back to the trailer further investigation when i got home and actually last night i actually worked on it uh pretty sure that i probably forgot to tighten down the bolts when we built that the scout last summer in about three weeks before core which bolts the the six that hold the transfer case to the transmission. Oh yeah, that's that's important. So I hear. Look, got the transfer case out, got it on the up on the bench, and the first three four, probably two three threads of each hole were kind of egged out, like the bolts had backed out, and then just wobbled around for a while. Oof. Cleaned all, cleaned them all up. Got longer M10 by 1.5 bolts. And put it all back together and drove it back to its parking spot last night. So good to go. It was a easy fix, but it cut the day short. So all all, all it was, somebody breaks. I gotta. I actually. I at least got to get it out and see quite a few people. Saw a bunch of videos from everybody else that wheeled. We started at about eleven, and they wheeled till about five just trying to make some new trail that and hopefully we'll, we might go back there yet this fall. Just to so, tell the How did this new property come about? Like, is it one of the guys in the club owns it or you're just using it? Like what's going on there? The president of the club's dad works with the landowner's son. And that's, you know, it, it's, it's Midwest. It, everything's private ground. So it's, you got to know somebody and kind of, you know, it's like getting hunting ground. You talk to them and, and just, hey, get, you know, work your way to get a chance. The nice thing was like the stump jumpers, they've been around for 50 years. And a lot of this, some of this ground, they've been wheeling for almost all of that. Um, whether it's been, you know, the family has always, is part of the club or, but everybody tries to find ground and work with a landowner or somebody, you know, and they've got enough ground. We wheel almost every other weekend from basically May to August. Well, and actually deeper that probably almost November now. Uh, but what we do is if like we'll go to a place in the spring and then we'll go late summer. So the, the ground's got time to kind of heal and the grass grows back. We've got a few properties where they're like, Hey, can you come out in like late August or early September be- because they deer hunt it? And if we're, if we go through, you know, you get 15, maybe 20 trucks going through for on a, a full day of wheeling, it knocks everything down. They've got other paths to take oh, their yeah. UTV or truck or whatever to get back to their deer stands. So makes sense. So you're actually it, helping them out by, by blazing the trails. It, and sometimes, yeah, we're helping them out or, you know, and we get together sometimes if somebody has some trees down and we'll go out and help, um, you know, both. Both the ground we wheeled for core last year is ground that's stump stump jumper ground. We run riches probably two or three times. He doesn't hunt or anything on it. It's it's there to have fun on. So we actually Memorial Weekend we host a 
a newbie run for people that are kind of new to off-roading to bring their their Jeep or their Toyota, you know, Forerunner or whatever out and just get a feel for it. And, and so when you say it is a little subject change, when you say he doesn't hunt on it is because he's just not a hunter or he just doesn't use that land to hunt. He's not a hunter. Okay. Um, I was just kind of curious. Actually, I feel like if I had a bunch of land, even as not a hunter, I feel like I'd be like, maybe I should just be a hunter. Maybe I should try hunting. Let's <laughs> so just like try. Like there's some deer out here. I like deer meat. Let's see what there's happens. There's some other people that hunt it. Um, the trying to blank. He was on core last year. He was one of our winners with the maroon four door JK, Doug. Oh, uh, yeah. He would. He actually bow hunts that ground in the fall, and then you know he'll bring Rich a couple of packages of deer sticks and for letting him use the ground. So. Rich gets the benefit of the deer sticks without having to actually go hunting. So <laughs> And without having to clean the deer and right. process all the, the meat and all the, all the bullshit. That's the best part, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Somebody just bring me deer meat. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I like hunting. No, I like eating deer meat. I just like eating right. deer. I would prefer the not hunting part. <laughs> yep. I got a whole freezer full. I can send you guys some. <laughs> Because I'm the only I'm the only one in the house that eats it. So what you I always, say your I'm family text, doesn't I'm like texting here? you my address right now, Chris. <laughs> no, send, it, send me my address. I'll I'll get figure out how we got to get it to California and still be cold. And so you need you need some dry ice. Dry ice, yeah, dry ice, yeah. <laughs> yep. But, so or if you fly Just back take, from yeah, core say, this year, yeah, we'll have to see how the I'll, Tesla stock does. <laughs> and if Emily yeah. still has a job. <laughs> Dude, the complete off-road open house is coming up really soon. I realize it's like two weekends from now. June, now. June 3rd. Yeah. We, two weekends for you. We got two weekends. We're going to try to get stuff done and <laughs> ready. It's been a, a madhouse at the shop. So I'm trying to figure out if I can make it to that. I sure did enjoy it last year. Me and Bray rode up, took Bray's Ranger. That was a lot yep. of fun. I don't, So real quick, I don't know when this podcast will air. I assume before then, but let's just put a date on it. It's the 27th, right? June 3rd. No. Oh, June 3rd. Okay, so I see. I'm glad I checked. You said two weeks, and That's it's actually two and a half <laughs> from today. Getting so June used to 3rd. podcast podcast time, you always got to play that in there. That's right. But yeah, so, June 3rd, uh, I think it's like 10 to 3 or something like that. So, so what, I, know, I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to go last year. Um, Mike, obviously you went. You had a lot of fun. So what, oh, yeah, what goes on at the Complete Off-Road Open House? I hope there's RC rock crawling this year. There is. But I have my doubts. Ooh. No, I have my the, doubts, Chris, because I was promised last year and there was I, none. And what happened is there's a, a group of a kind of a impromptu Facebook club of guys that have crawlers. And one of them had like a crawler course, like a like a teeter totter and, you know, scale versions of the real stuff. And he sold it and the guy had the guy he sold it to had promised it to somebody else for that weekend. So they ended up not doing it, but actually they just, one of the guys that kind of coordinates everything, he stopped last Wednesday and, and verified that and confirmed that they are going to be there. They'll be out towards the back of the parking lot, like where we've got the, the parts Jeep sitting. Oh yeah. Um, but they said they would be there and they'll have some guys there with crawlers and anybody who wants to bring a crawler can, can come crawl. They'll have, and then we'll have the. It has the to be hot. 
eighth scale or smaller listeners, <laughs> there's not going to be a one-to-one <laughs> crawling course. Or will there no, be? No, there'll be an RTI ramp. Okay. Uh, so bring your crawler. We're going to get to one-to-one for that. But I'll, I'll let Mike share what his experience from last year, then I'll fill in from there. Oh, geez. My experience. Uh, let's just see. Mike, the guy well, with the like uh, famously terrible memory. Yeah. Uh, let's see what I got. <laughs> so me and Bray showed up and uh, let's see. Well, there was food. There were uh, there was lots of free food and drink. That was pretty great. Uh, Bray took his truck up the RTI ramp. I don't remember if he did it forwards, backwards or both, but I feel like he scored pretty well. No surprise. Bray's rig is pretty well built. That was fun. There was a lot of cool rigs there, uh, both stuff that Complete Off-Road had worked on and just customers and just all kinds of stuff. Uh, it was kind of like a an off-road show, if you will, just with, uh, you know, just rigs, rigs of all shapes and sizes. That was a, a lot of fun. And then as a bonus, I don't know if it's just because I'm VIP, but uh, me and Chris and Bray and Chris's family went out and had some some food afterwards, too. <laughs> so that was nice. VIP and some beers because I was definitely in need of some beer after all that. Yeah, we were at the local brewery just down the road and you forgot the dunk tank. I forgot the dunk tank. I dunked Willie. I dunked him. I got a video of it. Ray took the video. We we had the and the dunk tank will be back this year by popular demand. Um, I think we need to get Steve in there. Steve's coming, right? That's a good Steve's idea. Co- Steve has to come. He's got he's got pr- uh, you know a vehicle to pick up. I was so. saying, oh, he has he to has pick to something up. Yeah, for some reason, I wasn't sure. He he sent me a text the other day. He said, "I love it. Bring it to me so I can drive it." And I You're told like, him, "No." <laughs> I said, "No." I said, "You can pick it up June 3rd. If you pick it up before that, there will be." Uh, what I tell him, there would be storage fees or something like that. <laughs> Is he planning to drive it back? I don't know. God, I hope I so. Don't know. I mean, if I hope he, so too, but I could probably be convinced to bring a trailer up there. I, mm. I would guess he's going to bring a trailer, but Steve, if you, if he listens to this, here's your reminder that the license plates are currently out of date on it. Mm. <laughs> so are my trailer plates though. So <laughs> was the last time that I brought my, Junk to Iowa. I didn't have uh, registered trailer plates either, though. So, uh. <laughs> I, hey, I did the same thing this weekend. I, I've got a goose neck now. I actually traded my car trailer for a eighteen plus two goose neck, but nice. I didn't have the plates on it yet. But I still took it this weekend. It was fine. Yeah, I have all my plates on my Indiana trailer. So. Quit admitting to crimes. I'm just writing all of this <laughs> down. Admitting. We're just over. I'm gonna, this, like, I'm gonna talk to I Iowa DOT. I'm gonna talk you to Indiana. Indiana if, DOT. If you, I'm going to talk to Illinois DOT because you drove through Illinois, Mike. It's <laughs> it's fine. I, I I one of the one of the hosts of the the that's over there on the heat treated garage pay, podcast with me is a, a local police officer. We're fine. Okay, you're fine, <laughs> but Mike's not. He's in deep trouble, Mister. I don't know any local cops. I need some <laughs> local cops on my side. He's, right? he's over there in that state that gives you a ticket if you leave your trailer hitch in your truck. So in Indiana. What, Indiana? Oh, no, wait, you're right. You're not in Illinois hey, anymore. Hey, yeah, you forgot. I All used right. to live in Illinois. You I'm in Indiana now. Nobody man, cares. You guys, I, I hit my shit on so many trailer hitches, they're not giving out enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't... Okay, here's 
I'm not going to say this is my last words, but I'm going to say it right now. Don't leave your trailer hitch in your hitch. Why? Because it's going to seize in there and you're never going to get it out. That's the reason. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. That's the I reason. take mine out every single time for that exact reason. I'll I'll take it one farther. If you have a pickup with a with a fifth wheel ball or a gooseneck ball in the back, oh, definitely. use it. If even if you don't use it, move. You know, if, especially if it's the hideaway one. I it took me. I had to. You probably even pulled the pin on mine. You know, the spring loaded so it would pop out in probably a year and a half. And then I got a gooseneck and I had to uh, crawl under it with a hammer and a, a, a punch and drive it out and clean it all up. And you're so, lucky you even got it out. That's the thing is like yeah. you got your ball sitting in there and all of a sudden you need to haul like some fucking plywood or something. You're like, oh, uh. right. <laughs> I guess my pl- actually, the bottom plywood is going to be, you know, I guess useless. it's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> it uh. And I, what I actually end up doing is cut. There's a little strap that holds the, keeps it from falling all the way, all the way through. I end up cutting that off and just driving it all the way up the bottom. Oh, hey, you know whatever then, works. But now, now, just Annie sees the shit out of it. Right, it is, it is yeah. all cleaned I, up and yeah. Do it once, once every month or two, people. Just just pull it pull it out, out whenever you're not slather it. Like, the second you unhook your trailer, yeah. just take the ball out. Doesn't matter if it's a bumper pull or a gooseneck or whatever. Just well, if it's a if ball. it's a spring loaded hideaway gooseneck ball, I don't know if oh, yes, just, do those just come out? out. I don't know how they work. Yeah, if you just pull the you know you reach in the fender wall and you you give the handle a pull and it, it pops up and you let the handle back in. But hopefully, I'm using my trailer enough to go wheeling this there summer that it'll just get use that way so there you yeah. go it gets used it probably won't seize up because it's right. bounced around a bunch right for sure but yeah we're gonna basically everything will be like last year for the open house with the free food and a bunch of vehicles the mister the the mystery build that we've got going may or may not be there depends how far we are on it you probably won't get it done you guys aren't that good yeah uh- <laughs> Uh, we got a t- we got a deadline on this one. So. Mike, Mike's you know. angry because now you're a competing podcast host. Yeah, yeah. Before we were cool, but now that you're a competing <laughs> podcast, I'm like, fuck you, Chris. My, the, my podcast technically has some off road stuff on it, but it's not technically an off road podcast. Mike. Oh, so what is your podcast? What category would you say? We, it's in? First of all, uh, had, first of all, what's the name? I think we glazed over that earlier. You just just mentioned did. it, but it's, you should specifically it's the say heat treated garage podcast. And that comes from, of course, I had a, you know, I had the fire and all the awesome listeners on from TOP brought me a lot of the majority of the stuff that built the scout. And it started, you know, cause I, one of the guys when we were cleaning up the fire damage said, what are you going to do the scout? I said, I don't know. And he says, what if you rebuild it? So that's why the scout's all rusty is because it's the original panels that went through the fire. And we, we were calling it heat, the heat treated scout. Then somebody during core said something about having a tetanus shot. So now we call it tetanus, the heat treated scout. And everybody's, you know, the heat treated garage kind of just became the moniker. I got five really good buddies that, like I said, we get together two, three nights a week to work on something, whether it's at, in my shop or, you know, my buddy Court's got his house getting built. Uh, my other buddy, Geyer, that Mike, you met at CORE. Well, you met all three of those guys at CORE. Yeah, I probably met all of them. Yep. And my memory is terrible, but I believe you. he's got <laughs> his, his roof. Project. We always have projects going on that we're helping each other with. And there's enough talent within the group that 
we'll tackle just about anything and figure it out. And so we're tired, you know, we're joking around in the shop at night. And I think it was my daughter, Isabel, one night said, you guys should record some of this stuff. Well, then I said, well, what about doing a podcast? I talked to Steve, I don't know how many times about, hey, what do you use equipment? And like I said earlier, he was always just saying, just start recording, just get something out there. And I didn't want to just shove it into a niche of, you know, house building or one of our, one of my, one of the guys on there is an industrial arts teacher for woodworking. Another one is the industrial arts teacher for auto, auto mechanics at, at the local high school. And I said, we've got all these different areas of life. So it's just kind of a general guys hanging out in the shop, talking about life, whether it's working on stuff in the shop or building a house right now, in, you know, just sitting in the shop and we record sitting right in the shop. I got, we're actually going to build a studio up on, I've got a mezzanine that's eight foot wide and 40 or eight foot deep, 40 foot wide that I store my snowmobiles on. We're going to rearrange and build an actual studio up there to keep a little better temperature controlled as it gets hot and muggy in Iowa. Cause the shop's not, it's heated. It's not air conditioned. Mm. Um, but in the shop, uh, we got courts, we got a 59 Ford truck going on a Crown Vic cop car chassis. That's such Whoa. a good idea. That, you know, we're in the mix of building that. Um, I've got my son, Wyatt, that passed away last October. We got his Dodge Dakota that were a couple of his buddies said, hey, Wyatt always wanted to do a one ton swap on that. And DJ and, and Wyatt was at, at core last year and just picked DJ's mind for for probably an hour about his truck. So that we're in the middle of doing that with some of his friends. I've got my 50 Chevy sitting there that I got to do a fuel tank on the scouts in there. We're always got projects going on in there. So we sit down Sunday nights and we talk about what's going on for the week from everything from a project we're working on, you know, a hot rod or a, a four wheel drive truck to the house build to shingling one guy's roof or just anything general that's going on in life and it's we're six episodes in and and we're getting some pretty good traction so we're just gonna see where it goes and we're gonna have you know i'm gonna pull guys i've already talked to steve about being on sometime have you know have you guys jump in sometime i mean we had it we got into a kind of a little bit of a discussion on ev stuff one night and i said well i know a guy that kind of has some knowledge on ev let's i'll call derek sometime and have him come on so i don't know that much about evs actually i work for an ev company but i i design a very specific product (laughs) well you know more than we do i know i know a little bit i know a little bit i would be glad to come and talk about it for sure and you know and, and we got the other stuff you do and you know mike with you being just a mechanic in a shop there's always fun stories to tell uh I What's did the first on? PDI on our on our first EV the other day. It was oh, yeah? like the Toyota BZ4X. I didn't even know that Toyota had Toyota had a full EV. We have an EV in Indiana. We have an EV. I don't know why there's no infrastructure, but for some reason we're selling those. And I did the first PDI on one, and it's it's quick. That like zero to forty is like shocking. Like even the fifty to sixty is pretty good, but the zero to forty, you're like fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just it just lays you back in your seat. It's like pretty cool. You do. It's pretty cool looking. It looks like the Chevy Blazer, but much better. <laughs> I guess oh, I right. haven't seen one yet. The but new Chevy Blazer. Is, 
All I'm going to say is that I'm glad I'm not doing warranty claims for Toyota Extra Care anymore with those out. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not sure how that's going to go. But that's the thing about PDIs is like you get these brand new cars, you get to drive and they got one mile on. You're like, this is pretty cool. But as soon as something goes wrong with it, you're like, fuck. Yeah, how, how do we fix this? Because <laughs> nobody knows. That's the thing. It's like you can take a class or you can take a module, an e-module. It's like, but then when it's actually in your bay and broken, you're like, well, nobody's ever done this before. So right. let's just start from square one. <laughs> you, you get to be the pioneer. It's like Apparently doing it, but do. it's, it's not that different from like doing unique off-road stuff though, right? Like if you're the first no, person to like I mean, no. put a doubler in or not that. You know, I don't know if any of us were that, but you know what I mean? Like when you're figuring it out for yourself, especially, you know, we're all old enough to have done a lot of this stuff before the internet <laughs> or at least right. before, before like, you know, there was a ton of information just like right in your face on the internet. And so, uh, it's not, I mean, obviously you're getting paid for it, so you want to do it quick, but. Well, you say that, but like, that's the thing about this new warranty stuff is they're like, this should take three tenths and it takes you like six hours. And you're like, well, I lose a lot. Right. Uh, it, there's, okay. But <laughs> I mean, I don't, this is my like big qualm with flat rate work is like, you would think that at least the first few times it's done. Like if it takes you truly like 20 times longer to do it, they would be like, all right, fine. Like, here you go. Like obviously Toyota messed this up, but is that not <laughs> true? Would think with you. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Uh. You know, that's, that's one thing that, you know, at our, at complete off road and any shops I've worked for in the past is I've, I've never been a fan of flat rate, uh, for two reasons. One, if it is a, a new technology, that the, the tech trying to figure it out is getting the short end of the stick on it. And two, if they're trying to make time on it, they're finding every shortcut they can. And that doesn't always lead to a good repair. Right. That makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's totally you know, true. And sometimes, you know, setting up a set of <laughs> gears, you could do two Dana 60s and one might take you four and a half hours. And the other one might take you seven hours just because sometimes they just don't want to set up. That's right. Just the way that some machining's done or what. So there's always that variable in there. And, you know, when I'm giving estimates on how long it's going to take to do something, I usually give them a range. I'm like, it may take this to this and it, and I'll even pad that by, you know, like an hour. Cause I'd rather come to a customer and say, Hey, it only took us, you know, three hours to do it. When I told them four right. versus tell them, telling them two and a half and it takes five. Yeah. They're not, it's nobody's going to complain about like, Oh, it was cheaper than I thought, but they are going right. to be like, come on, man. Exactly. Like it's so much more expensive. Cause if, if you, often overestimate and you always you're 99% of the time come in at less less than that you also can eat it on the time that it does the one time that it does take right. longer and just be yep. like well it took longer but we don't want to charge the customer more yep. than i quoted right and sometimes when you when you have repeat customers you know we've got a lot of repeat business uh, you know they come in they get a lift kit then they come in and get gears they come in and get bumpers winch whatever if you've treated them right that first couple of times when you do have one that it goes wrong and it takes extra time, they have a little bit better understanding of it because, you know, they, you've established that rapport with them. Sure. And Under promise over deliver. Exactly. Every time. What you said. That's, that should be the, the tactic everybody follows. 
But Chris, I gotta say a couple things about your podcast real quick. One, it sounds like you guys bullshit even more than we do, if that's possible. We do not possible. And two, what you say? Okay, not. you say not possible, but it sounds like, and I haven't <laughs> listened yet. If I'm being honest, I have. I want to listen, Chrissy. I do, but I haven't done it yet. Um, but the second thing is that you guys are talking about how you have all these projects and you and your core group of buddies do that all the time. And I just want to say, man, do I miss that Derek? Remember the days and we would just like be out in the garage every weekend Fuck working yeah. on trucks or even God, in the middle of the week, like days. come over, like do it something. It didn't even matter. Yeah. It, like it's an hour Tuesday, or two. Yeah. Hanging out at Ian's place, like fucking setting up gears in the garage, you watching all the weirdos drive by. Stuff. I do not have that group anymore. I do not have a group of friends <laughs> that either. I can be like, Hey, let's just work on trucks this weekend. It's like, Nope, just all gone. Me either. Me, actually, I, I should bop, say, bop. Uh, I was actually working on the Mazda yesterday doing all that EGR garbage, and one of my coworkers drove by that I don't like hang out with a lot, but um, he just like came up. He was like, "Hey," he like he got his he has a Lexus IS three hundred, like a 04, I think, and uh, he's also got an eighty series that he just got the engine rebuilt on on thirty threes. I think it's like more. It's not like we're not talking Joe Zumpf side of the 80 series spectrum more of like the overland, but it's really nice and and uh i forget what else he, oh he also has a 95 c1500 lowered it's really pretty nice um yeah oh, so he's like he's got some he's got some good awesome cars he's a gearhead um, yeah he's a gearhead for sure and like i i resonate a lot with it because like is 300 is still like one of my favorite cars so he pulled. I didn't. Oh, yeah, even, I didn't know he had pretty it. Pretty car, either. fun to drive. He pulled up. I'm like, damn, that's a clean IS300. He gets. I was like, oh shit, you know, like, and he just like came by. He's like, hey, what's up? Like, I just was driving by. I figured I'd stop in. I was like, this doesn't happen anymore. Like, this is awesome. It never happens. We just bullshit. Yeah. Right? Like, we didn't even have beers. Like, we we're just bullshitting in like the sidewalk for like 45 minutes, and then I was like, I guess I better go eat. You know, <laughs> he was like, yeah, me too. Yeah. But it's just <laughs> nice to be able to do that. You know, so yeah, I miss, I miss that though, days. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I I am truly fortunate. blessed and yeah, that's right and fortunate to <laughs> to have such a tight knit group of guys. You know, and it's and sometimes I, it used to be that you know it's nine thirty here, and we would uh, somebody call, hey, what are you doing? Uh, I was just wrapping up the shop. Well, I'm on my way over, and then the next thing you know, it's you know midnight. Those those guys are the guys that m- made the the scout happened, made, made tetanus be at core last year. If it wasn't for them, it wouldn't have made it. Uh, you know, we finished it at about 2 a.m. The day of core. I Dang. literally put it on the trailer at 2 a.m., got back up at about 6.30 and hauled it to the shop to meet every, you know, meet everybody that afternoon. So, yeah, it's, I, I, that we're hearing that a lot from a lot of people that was like, they like listening. They feel like they're sitting in the shop, you know, bullshitting with us. And and the other thing is, you guys are so lucky. You got a, a group of friends like that. And that's because we've got that dynamic. We wanted to share that with with people. And that's one of the reasons we started it. So, like I said, we're only six episodes in. We're still figuring it out. We've gotten extremely lucky that the audio has been turning out good. I'm not sure why. It's pure luck because I I'm doing the editing, but I don't know. Don't necessarily know what I'm doing. Hey, <laughs> I was going to ask you who's doing the editing. Well, never mind. Uh, it's, it's all me. So we, uh, it's been good. So I, I hope it can, can keep going and, and, you know, 
and like I said, I've never, and I called Steve when we started. I said, hey, I don't ever want it to be out of competing with, with Total Off-Road Podcast. I said, I want them to complement each other because we kind of cover a little bit off-road. This one's off-road specific. And, you know, we, I, I don't, I think almost every episode I, I mentioned somebody from this group because I've, I've got a lot of good friends I've met through TOP too, you know. Dave and Derek and Rick and Rick, I talk to those guys almost every day. Kyle, at least every other day, you know, you're sending him, you know, giving him a hard time about his Dana 30 or something. And, <laughs> oh, and just sure. being at, just being on the Patreon chat, talking with everybody. I've, I've met a lot of people that I hope to eventually get a go wheel with. So, uh, well, you know, going back to go ahead, Derek. Let's say, well, if, uh, if you, you stay not, competing with us and don't talk about off-road <laughs> stuff just kidding we don't talk Same. about off-road stuff on this one yeah we don't do that at all. <laughs> uh no i really hope that it takes off man um and so i, I see at heat treated garage no spaces no underscores right is where people can find you yep. on where tiktok face real facebook uh facebook instagram we do have a TikTok. Actually, the TikTok's been around longer than anything else. I was saying, uh, I, I actually just Googled it to see, like, what what can I easily find if I just search heat-treated garage? Because mm-hmm. that's, like, what a lot of people might have already done if they're listening to the podcast. And TikTok came up. Actually, it's a reel, but it says TikTok on it. So I think it's... There's there's some reels and there's the TikTok. So yeah, yeah. You, you search heat-treated garage on TikTok. It'll, and that TikTok's we've probably been doing that for almost a year just when we're goofing off in the shop, somebody grabs a phone and mm-hmm. and records it. And and my buddy Court, he kind of handles the TikTok stuff. And Andrew, like I said, Andrea with her with Social Butter, my Social Butterfly Media is her media company. She's she's kind of the the driving force, keeping us all headed in the right direction. And and we always we got a question where we just say, Hey Annie, what are we supposed to do here? And and she figures it out. And she does the Facebook for us. It, it makes us, look, we always say she's the one that makes us look good. There you go. And then we did do, we did, we're starting to dabble in YouTube a little bit. We got one video out there. It's basically a walk around of, of me talking about tetanus and just, you know, talking about how, how it was built and how it came together. And, and the, you know, I did, and we did that because that's the project that kind of really solidified the group. And, I wanted to do that too, to give a shout out back to everybody from total off-road podcast that brought, you know, showed up with that bitter cold February morning and surprised me with all those parts that, you know, if it wasn't for them getting parts here and my close buddies that helped me put it all together, I don't know if I'd have a wheel and rig back together right now. So it's a, I can't say thank you enough to everybody for that. Well, we You're appreci- a lucky fella and a well-liked fella for that matter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Another one of those things that I feel really blessed for. So That's awesome. So they can find you. I mean, I just searched on Spotify for sure. Same. Um, and other podcast platforms pretty much. Spot- Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, and there's one more that I'm drawing a blank on, but I, I mean, most people use Apple or Spotify. So. Yeah. I'm sure these, these, these apps that I see on Google here are probably pulling from those other ones that you named, but there's Buzzsprout yeah. and listen notes and Raphonic as well. So basically all Buzz, of your common podcast Buzzsprout. platforms. Yeah. 
Buzzsprout's the hosting company that we use gotcha. to run everything through. Gotcha. So they just kind of send it out. I don't know how it works. Yep. Steve and yep. Kyle do it all for this one. <laughs> right. So it was just I, Steve I, for a while. <laughs> you know, it's been awesome that Kyle's you know has been able to jump in and and help everybody keep this going because I you know Steve's so busy that yep. he can't handle it all. And I've t- I told him for you know. Probably you know six eight months. I said you got to let the other guys do some of it. Don't feel like you got to do it all. Right. Well, I'm glad you were saying. I'm that. glad you were saying it too. Because <laughs> well, I told right. her I said you're gonna you're gonna end up you know living at the shop because she's gonna kick you out of the house if you don't go home once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so you know she's. And I said and you know you got that little guy to go home. Go home and have fun with him too. Right. So. But, yeah, you gotta spend time with your family. That's right. I do. I'm lucky I, my kid goes to sleep real early, so this is not affecting that time. Just, you, just the lucky. amount you sleep. <laughs> just the amount I sleep, which yep. is not a whole lot tonight because it's almost eleven o'clock here in uh, sure Indiana. You guys are gonna have to do the Patreon without me. I'm about to go shower. We can do sleep. that. Yeah, we can but probably do that. I got one question that I found out today. We we're talking about new vehicles. And I didn't know this, that by 2024, all vehicles have to have driver assist features, you know, like lane assist, and they can't be turned off. They will be on. You can't turn them off. Oh, I don't like that at all. Not either. So, well, and, and it came up with actually my Napa, my regional Napa rep stopped in. And he was talking about because they're going to be hosting a, a class on talking about it so guys can get, you know, more knowledge on it. and. He said, well, he asked me, he goes, what, what's that going to affect you guys lifting vehicles? I'm like, I don't know. I hadn't even realized it yet. So it's going to be curious. Is there going to be? So that's already an issue somewhat because say a guy brings in a 2023 Tundra that he's lifted six inches and he needs the front radar calibrated for whatever reason. When I say radar, um, I mean, I guess one of two things. There's a forward recognition camera that's mounted mm-hmm. inside the windshield at the very top. And then there's a radar in the center emblem of the grill. And they're like, hey, I'd like this calibrated. Well, even if we know exactly how much taller the truck is from stock, legally, we can't calibrate it because you've altered the vehicle from stock. So that system no longer works in the parameters that the OEM intends it to. So mm-hmm. it's completely useless. So if you choose to use that system, you're breaking the law. Jeez. And now in 24, they're going to be mandatory and you yeah. can't turn them off. So that this could be something that's going to affect. It's going to be real bad for anybody that wants to modify their vehicles. If your vehicle's in bone stock, I'm talking like, stock size tire stock like no if your tire is one inch taller than the factory sorry we can't calibrate it or shorter because if if say i'm as a technician say i choose to calibrate it and i take the measurements and i know it's one inch higher well if the vehicle in front of you didn't quite hit right because that vehicle was an inch lower than what the radar was looking at then now i'm held liable in court when Ugh. that vehicle rear ends another vehicle so it's not that we don't want to do it. It's that legally I have to be like, nope, sorry, this isn't a stock vehicle. Get out of my shop. Yeah. Now, maybe the aftermarket shops will do it. But as the dealer, we're entirely accountable than anybody else. Yeah. So we have to say like, nope. I, for being in an after, aftermarket shop, I don't know that aftermarket shops are going to, you know, it's no different than we get a guy that comes in and he wants us to, you know, remove his cat, his muffler and catalytic converters and run straight pipes all the way back for him. Sorry, I can't. There's just... Yeah. Too many liabilities and and too many chances of 
and shut down over it, it's not worth it. Yep, absolutely. Somebody will do so, it. I don't Somebody, know. I haven't some heard small that, shop will but, do it, but it, you know, only for so long until they get a slap can't. on the wrist. Hopefully, only you know, right. The fact that you can't shut down these systems, I'm not sure. Like, I know that a lot of these systems exist. Obviously, almost everything that we have has these systems now, but most of them you can shut off. But as far as not being able to shut them off, I had not heard about that yet. And I don't know if that's any truth to that or not. It could just be hearsay. But uh, let's hope that you still have the option to just drive your own car. Right. Well, I mean, it sounds it's probably not like full lane departure assist where it like steers the car for you. I'm guessing it's like lane departure alert where it's like you're leaving the lane boop, 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 you know is what well, I we guess. have both and you can shut off the assist or you can shut it off all together because it's very yeah. irritating yeah so. yeah it's very irritating it is people come in all the time complaining like my car feels like it's like i'm drunk when i'm driving and i'm like yeah because your lane keep assist is like literally steering the car for you if you get like an inch off center and it's like no oh. nobody wants that yeah that's annoying especially when the systems are bad i mean like I've we get to use some of the engineering cars at Tesla and it's it's really nice and I have to imagine that that's probably the best one. It's not perfect, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like and especially if yeah. you're buying like a Civic, where like Honda's like whatever, just like you know, it's an economy car or like a you know a Yaris or something like whatever is as cheap as possible that they can still sell it so that it doesn't cost seventy thousand dollars like they're just like putting it in there to meet the minimum requirement. It's not going to be good. Even if you're not modifying this car, like it's not going to be good. Right. What are you going to do when that car's five years old, 10 years old? Yeah. I was annoyed when they were like mandatory rear view cameras. It's like, that's just adding cost for like what benefit. Right. You know, and like now every car has it. I think 2018 was when they were required yeah, that. It would be but that isn't something legal. that needs I think about that all the time. Yeah, that wasn't something that needs to be calibrated or like yeah, like, like you can just not huh. use it and it doesn't beep at you or whatever, like whatever, you know, but this is like more invasive, I guess. So Well, it's getting to the point where, you know, you can't put a winch bumper on some you're not going to be able to put a winch bumper on some of these trucks because it's going to either you got to you're going to the minimum obstruct the the radar probably or, yeah. you know or remove it and then you you're getting into yeah. that and i mean i, I assume it, it, there will always be a way to like spoof it you know like oh relocate hope. the radar yeah we hope i guess that's the tr- that's the scary part is it like at some point well, it might be really difficult to relocate but for now at least like yeah I, it's annoying but proximity sensors can be relocated to a winch bumper the radar can you know you can cut a hole in yeah. it oh, hopefully yeah, well, but a- for now B and so those, <laughs> they give provisions to relocate the yeah. and at least now i mean some of those you you were able to order them without you know some mm-hmm. of the sensors and that if mm-hmm. you knew what you were doing ahead of time but yeah i know was it the 2023 silverados it took over a year for the aftermarket to figure out how to crack that computer yeah i bet and they're saying that the 24s are going to come with twice the amount of encryption on them because they don't want you getting in them. Of course they don't. It's just more liability for them. It's going to be a pain in the ass. It's going to be a pain in the ass for me. Just in general, it's going to be a pain in the ass for you trying to figure out how to make it not a pain in the ass. It's just going to cost the customer seven times as much to get what they want. And then, yeah, it's not good. That's sucks. I just, just, 
I just don't get why you can't just buy a car that's just a car. It's like you just drive it and like that's what it does. And like when you want to stop, you stop. When you want to go, you go. Like that's, that's pretty much all it does. They're like, no, no. Mm-hmm. We need 75 computers that decide if you're doing it right. Because people stopped driving and just started looking at their phones. I mean, I guess. And, killed, and the then killed time. families, you know, it's like. I mean, you're not wrong, but at the same time, you used to just be able to drive a car. I've said for a long time, you know, they used to be used to be able to buy like the the drag package challengers, and I said if Jeep would do that, just a bare bones, you know, no doors, no top, just a maybe not even have access on it, be able to buy it and build it from there. They they sell a ton of them. There, there. So if, people- if there was a company that would make. A bare bones to be modified vehicle, it would be Jeep. It would be well, it'd be FCA, right? Like they would make like a yeah, yeah. Technically, this meets the requirements, but like, look at the the um the Challenger um the Hellcat. Uh, what was it? The Red Eye? No. What is the drag one? No, the Demon. The Demon. Demon. Where they're like, yeah, the seat is optional, and you take <laughs> this chip and you plug it in. We don't know what you're doing with it, but like, if you don't do it, it meets emissions. And they, you plug this chip in, like, uh, we don't know what happens. You know, they rolled like, out of the factory <laughs> on a cast wheel under the back because there's no rear axle, so you could put whatever axle you wanted under it. it oh, those are those are the back of the days challengers. But yeah, I'm talking this I is mean, in 2019 or 18 or whatever when the Demon came out. It pulled like wheelies 16, from the fact- so- factory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. They, they've taken all the fun out of that and killed that off. Even FCA's done that. You know, they killed the V8. So they killed the Charger and the Challenger. I think I think Chrysler's going to have some pretty cool electrics coming out, though. I got to admit. I don't know what, but they they seem like they seem like they aren't just going to let the Hellcat name die, even though it won't be internal combustion. Because their hand is turned, but at least they're hot rodding, right? Like, like that's what hot rodding is all about is like taking the new technology and like pushing the limits with it. So I, I really hope they do right. something really neat with their new I'm, ownership. I'm waiting to see what the scout comes out like. Yeah, me too. It's if they if they keep those body lines that way, that might be the electric vehicle I'd buy. <laughs> I haven't even seen it yet. I actually don't even know what you guys are talking about because apparently I'm behind the times. Unsurprisingly, it looks just like a Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so did the original one. I know. That's why I'm saying unsurprisingly. That's true. They're uh, pretty similar. <laughs> it, te- technically, the Scout was out before the Bronco. That's but, true. Yeah. But it's it's Volkswagen, right? Yeah. Yeah. That bought, the, uh, bought all the rights to the logos what? and everything for the Scout. And they're bringing it out as its own line of all-electric, off-road-capable vehicle. They call it a rugged utility. I'm just looking it up now. They call it a rugged yeah. utility vehicle. Yep. But it's electric. Mm. And and it says it says uh, utility and pickup. So they'll have a pickup. Kind of like what Rivian's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Hummer and. Uh, yeah. Hey, are you uh, guys excited doesn't... about how we're going to keep using fossil fuels to power all of our electric cars? Yep. <laughs> about how we're going to pretend like it's like better for the environment, even though we're just like burning coal somewhere to produce all this electricity. Exactly. You can see my. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited my for excitement. The, the emissions <laughs> that all these electric cars are making. I mean, they are. It is better than emissions coming out of the tailpipe. 
Might not Is be it? like way better, but it's a little bit more efficient. And okay. the emissions controls on like coal power and natural gas power plants are better than what you would have on a car and more control. Hey, if that's true, then I'm down for it's, it. I just hope it's that better, but it's not up. like it's not like whoa, it's it's not exponentially yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. If you really, you know, and it's it's like anything. You can go find the data you want to reinforce the stance you want to take on it. Sure. It's no matter. It's just like how many people could argue with Mike that Patagonias are better than, a, than nobody, a nobody, but, Chris. <laughs> oh, there's people that's, out there that would. That's one. Some West that's, Desert Wheeler could probably come at us, that. bro. That's the one area where you can't twist the data. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I they are. The thing that sucks about that is that you would need to do your own data. You need to be the scientist. You need to do your own data, and then you produce it, and then everybody's just like, "You're full of shit," and you're like, "Well, I guess fuck me." Yeah, exactly. I guess duck me. Oh no, that was. I guess duck me. (laughs) Uh, The only the only argument I've ever heard for Patagonia is like, "Well, they're cheap." I'm like, "Yeah, cool." They They were were. very cheap. Yeah, they're not as cheap anymore. But like, if they're not cheap, there's no reason to buy them because they're just bad and expensive. They, you know, I always say you got to give it to the marketing department at Patagonia. Oh, for sure. They they went out, they found these, you know, quote unquote influencers in the four wheel drive world and said, here, here's some free tires. Yeah. And who's not going to take a set of free tires and at least go try them out? Yeah. And they talked them up, even though they were terrible. Well, they were like, they're free. They're better than not free tires. They only took videos when they made it up on the first try. And the hundreds of times they didn't make it up, they just didn't take a video. They deleted it immediately. Yeah, exactly. And the internet never found out. Yeah, that's right. You only see videos of Patagonia as just walking shit. It's like, (laughs) those don't walk anything ever. I have many videos of you not walking shit on Patagonia. (laughs) And then then you put the... The Mickey's on, and you just and walk, I just a walk bunch everything. Of shit. Yeah, <laughs> the Patagonias are not a Midwest wheeling tire. They're not. They work. I, they, I bet they work phenomenally on in Moab or or oh, Sand Hollow. Yeah, when it's 100 percent traction all the time. It doesn't matter what tire you have. In fact, look, the more slick like the tire, the better. Look at a. You know, you look at the one ads or the Facebook Marketplace from. Moab and you got a set of tires that we would throw away and they're getting, you know, a thousand dollars for the set. Yeah, for a, be- a set of stickies or whatever. Shit. Yeah. Bald stickies are basically the best in Moab. <laughs> so it's unreal. All right. It's all the application. It's eleven o'clock for Mike. Should we uh yeah. wrap this bad boy up? Whenever you guys are ready, you're the host. I'm just the guest. We got to shout out some companies. We're going to save one for last. Uh, Crawler Off-Road for all of your recovery rope needs. More mine this weekend. Oh, shit. There you go. More flight for all your inflation and deflation needs. Actually, I'm going to hop in because I saw More Flight just came out with a six uh, tire like squid option. For when, really? you, for when you have like Who an overland trailer, if you have an overland trailer or a dually, oh, yes, that's true. Or a, a dually. dually. Interesting. Yeah. That, you know, I I gotta admit that's that's one one off road piece of equipment I don't have yet that I need to get as a more fleet. I do too. I have my little like knockoff more fleet that I made before 
I think before Morphlate existed. If not, I didn't know about it. <laughs> um, Derek actually invented the Morphlate. Don't no, I, Morphlate. I did not invent it. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just tire kidding. squids have been around for a I, hot sec. <laughs> I got some some a couple of big trips coming up this year that I want to have one for. So I got to get a hold of yeah. the guys out there and talk get one to Tyler. So he should be able to hook you up. Uh, Offered anonymous for your Milwaukee pack up pack out cup needs thank and, you and other finally <laughs> and that's all and nothing else and nothing no, else. stop going there for fabrication parts <laughs> only pack- by milwaukee pack out gum mike their pack out mounts work awesome i got them in the scout they work awesome i haven't I- even i need one so bad but i don't, as soon as i get my rig back i'm gonna buy some i promise they work but i haven't great. got it back they're so handy and and that other stuff they make works pretty good when you need it too i've got two rigs in this in the shop right now that have their stuff on it so yeah i wish that i had my rig back so like i have a fire extinguisher mount sitting in the shop ready to go in snow day i obviously need some pack out cup mounts i just need my rig back well you know you have a deadline for that uh is my when's my deadline core core when's core? i don't even know i should know I don't september know. last year it's it'll be september again september 14th to the 17th Okay, I'll uh, I'll tell Bray that he has a deadline. Maybe that'll put a fire under his ass. So I'm all drunk. I slipped over. You also you also need a shakedown, right? Nah. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> Should I, I want a shakedown for a cage? No. Shit, I'm not I gonna... did my shakedown at core, so it there works. There's right, no way at the '60s going in before core. Fair That's enough. too much work. Fair enough. Yeah, if it was just bolt in, like if it had the same gears and everything, then I would say, what are you talking about? Get that 60 in there. But yeah, I got to redo the steering, got to regear the rear axle. I'm going to have to like fabricate some stuff. It's going to be mostly bolt in, but it ain't going to be no afternoon project. You should get those gears that you need for your 14 bolt. We, we know a guy. I'm looking, at, guy I'm looking at him. Yep. Who knows the number? 563-583-5363. <laughs> Yes, you got it. All right. uh, I was like, wait, crap, I, did I screw it up? I had to sit back in my head. Like working, 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 yes. <laughs> so speaking speaking of, Mike, would you like to introduce or extraduce the last <laughs> partner? Oh, the last partner company is Complete Off-Road for all, basically all your off-road needs. Yeah. You can call Rich Conklin at 563 <laughs> He's the guy that will help you out. There's no one else there that knows anything. No, no one else knows anything there. <laughs> <laughs> Rich doesn't know that nobody knows. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding, Chris. Call Chris Willie. Same number, more Same expertise. Number. You, get, you get either of us, we'll get you taken care of. Tons of expertise between the two of them. Wait, well, I want to know which one of them knows more. Ooh. Rich knows more. Nope. Rich, Rich is like a walking encyclopedia of part numbers. Oh, so he doesn't even have to like use a computer to know the part number. He just orders it in his head, in his mind. He's just like one seven eight two four six three. You're like what? If if you ask, especially Dana forty four parts, he that guy, or Yukon, anything Yukon, he'll rattle off part numbers, and it's almost it gets to the point where you're almost like, that's annoying that you know that. (laughs) But he's just (laughs) done it for so many years, and if you go back and watch. Uh, UA coverage on the years he was in there, they they have it. Rich, Mister Dana, forty four Conlon. <laughs> That's hilarious. It is hilarious. 
I mean, it is a very popular off-road axle because it meets like all the middle of the line stuff. Like it's like if your rig's not super light or super heavy, that's the axle, right? Yeah. I'd say if it's, not it's just heavy. the axle. I mean, it's, I would I would a put a Dana great. 60 and or Dana 44 under a super light rig too. It's not like you it's not like it's a big pumpkin. It's over yeah, it's overkill for a light rig and it's the perfect axle for like a middle of the line rig until you're getting into like big heavy full size shit. The only other thing that really competes with it are Toyota axles. Yeah, yeah. And that's, from, from a know, size and weight thing. standpoint, I mean, mm-hmm. right for strength. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, that's about it for episode 160. No, sorry. 172. I was going to say one. Ask me if I have any last words. I'm gonna, geez, chill out. Mike, <laughs> do you have any last words? No, oh! just kidding. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Okay, this these last words are uh, something I've been thinking about lately. All right, so there's something in your daily routine that every day you're like, damn it, like it just doesn't work for you. And sometimes it's a really simple fix. For me, this um, this happens all the time. The wife throws cardboard boxes in the garage, tons of them, tons of them, every single package ever, right? So there's a pile of like 100 cardboard boxes out there. I'm always mad about it. And I've been using a razor blade to break these boxes down. And that's super annoying because it's a razor blade. I'm like, I need a box cutter. This annoyed me for a year before I went to the hardware store and bought an extra box cutter. And now my life is so much better. And that is something I could have so easily fixed for like $7 a year ago. So there's something that you see every day. Think about it. Think about your daily life. There's something that every day annoys you and it's an easy fix, but you're just not doing it. Just fix it. Just fucking do it. And then just do it. And then you'll be like, wow, this is something I had total control over the whole time and I didn't fix it. And now my life's better. That's a great advice. You know what you could have done instead of going to the hardware store, Mike? Buy one on Amazon and contribute to that box pile. (laughs) Hardware store. Go to Ace Hardware, by the way, because it's usually local and they know way more than the guys at the big box store. That's right. That's true, actually. For sure. If you have an Ace, go there. Or uh, what's the other one? Do it best. Do it best. Thank you. That store too. True value or any of the smaller. You walk in the door and they're just like, hey, do you need help with anything? And I was like, actually, yeah. And they just always knew right what I needed. Exactly. Like Like it's eight feet down aisle 23. Make sure it's on the left side. And you're like, whoa. Like show them the plumbing fitting I need. And they're like, like, it's in bin 422. And I'm like, Bobby, goddamn it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for episode 172. I almost screwed it up again, guys. We'll catch you. Top of the. I know I'm literally I'm like looking all over for it (laughs) we'll catch you on the trail It's so dumb. Oh my god. Is it wonderful? It's so great. I'm gonna put it in the chat. <laughs> oh my god.